Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you so much for joining us today for Hope Along the Journey. We appreciate you being part of today's episode. We would like to just encourage all of you who listen to reach out to us and let us know what you think about the ministry here of Hope Along the Journey. If you'd like to, please send me an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Again, that's just hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. We'd love for you to visit our website, too, at hopealongthejourney.org, and become part of our Hope Along the Journey family. There will be a pop-up that will come up on the screen where you can sign up for the monthly newsletter, and I just would love to have each and every one of you as part of our family and to get our monthly newsletter. Now, today's episode is an exciting episode because I have none other than Melanie Red with me today. Melanie, welcome to Hope Along the Journey. Thank you, Mark. I am so glad to be here. Yeah, and and I I just wish people could see you because you you just exude that excitement. And (laughs) we have both, uh, we've had our share of laughter before we even got started today. But it's so good to have you. Uh, I got to meet Melanie at a Spark Podcasters Convention back not long ago. And I'd also, we'd been connected on LinkedIn, but it was great to see you in person, Melanie. Yeah, and the conference was a lot of fun. It's so great to meet people in real life that you know online. Yes, it and is. And realize they are real people. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is. She is for real. I know what you mean. Well, Melanie is the president of Hope Ministry. Uh, this is a ministry that offers hope, inspiration, encouragement to those who are part of it. She is a podcaster, uh, speaker, author, Ghostwriter, you might have to let her explain a little of that. She is a wife, a mom, a mentor, and and then here's a little known fact. Melanie said, I, "You said I could share this." She is also a pastor's wife. For that yes. one, you get extra stars in your crown. Thank you, thank you. I need them. <laughs> <laughs> so, just would like for you, Melanie, to just share with us a little bit about who you are and about your background in ministry. So, tell us a little bit about your journey. Well, sure. Well, I'm, I'm one of those blessed people that got to grow up in church. In fact, I don't remember not being in the church. Um, I, they said I was taken from the time I was six weeks old. And I came to know Jesus personally when I was 11. I was sitting in a service and a man began to talk about a personal relationship with Jesus. And I realized that I knew church and I knew all kinds of tradition, but I didn't know him personally. And so that was when I accepted Jesus as my Savior and began a love relationship with Him. That's wonderful. And you know, Melody, that's so important. And especially for those of us, like for me, from age six, I was in the church all the time. But sometimes it's easy for people growing up in the church to not come to realize that at some point you have to establish your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And and you know what's really great, Mark, is not long after 
I was a seventh grader. I was 12, I guess. And an older girl, she was a senior. She asked if she could disciple me. And we use the word mentor now, but we sat down on the steps of this old building where we had Wednesday night supper before church. And she just taught me about prayer and about how to have a quiet time and how to study your Bible. And she poured into me for a year when I was 12 years old. And I believe that just set the trajectory of my life from that point forward. Oh, absolutely. Because that's very much a part of who you have become and the ministry that you're doing today. And it's beautiful to hear that story because we never know, do we, when we do those things, how much we may be impacting and shaping somebody's future. Absolutely. Oh, that's and I can great. Say, yeah, it, it's, it is sweet when you have people that pour into you like that. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, there, there's a, you know, I think so many times we fail to recognize those unsung heroes who pour into our lives in ways beyond the four walls of the church or beyond the pulpit but who take the time to have those one-on-one conversations and really take us under wing and begin to shape and mentor us. That's beautiful. Yes, yes. Well, Melanie, I would like for you to tell my our listening audience a little bit about Hope Ministry and a little bit about the ministry ministries, too, that you are involved in. Well, I'd love to. Yes. Well, a few years ago, I went back to school. My husband works at a seminary. He's a pastor a music minister right now, and he works at a seminary. And so they had a master's program in education, and I went back and got my master's in education and took all the seminary classes and thought I was going to go a certain direction after. I had a job before I graduated, but the job fell through. And so there was just sort of this void. And he said, why don't you start that blog you've always wanted to start? And so nine years ago, I didn't know really much about blogging, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I built a website and I started an email list and I began to blog and put up social media posts. This is when Facebook really was taking off. And that's how Hope Ministry began. It was just writing little articles. It was a little bit of speaking, especially in this area. And I had written one book and I was praying about some others. And and then I wrote on social media and that began kind of this ministry online. Most of my ministry is online. That's awesome. Crazy, but cool. That is neat. So tell me about your writing, your love for writing. This is such a very much a part of your life. So did you do journaling when you were younger? How did, how did all of this come, come to be? Well, actually, I I tell people I I lived in a neighborhood with all boys and I was one of the oldest. And so I made them uh, do a magazine. We had our own magazine. I may have told you the story (laughs) and we sold it to our parents. (laughs) It was like physical on paper. Somebody drew the illustrations and I wrote the articles and that was kind of my beginning. But I always loved creative writing and I loved it. I I have an education background, but I also have an English minor. And I liked if you gave me the essay test at any any school, I could do really well well, just let me write. And so that's how I kind of knew, but my first paid writing came with Lifeway. Um, It was years ago, my kids were really small and Lifeway hired me to write magazine articles and to write, you know, the old Sunday school quarterlies. I I guess they still exist, but Mm -hmm. their Lifeway did materials for churches to use for Bible study. Mm -hmm. And somebody had to write those. (laughs) And they hired people like me. And so for years, I wrote for Lifeway. And you'd see my name in the front of those little, those little uh, Bible study materials. Yeah. Yeah. I just think when I hear you tell that story, and again, the story you just told about the lady who mentored you, isn't it fascinating how God takes those things that maybe seem very insignificant, and yet they fit into our lives in such an incredible way, don't they? They sure do. Yeah. 
Who would have ever thought? Yeah, I think of that um, John Piper quote, and this is not exact. This is my translation of it. But he said, God's always doing 10,000 things in our lives, and we may see three of them. And I do think God's at work doing so many detailed activities in our lives, and we just don't know. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that, that is something, you know, to hear you talk about your writing, your love for writing, and all of that, and you, and yet it all begins to start coming together. So when did you really start? So you said a lot of your mentoring was was online through writing your blog. Did you ever do anything in the local church itself as far as leading women's groups or Bible studies? Did you do some of that as well? Yes, I have. It seems like I've done everything, Mark. <laughs> a little bit of everything. Well, you're that pastor's <laughs> wife, you know, you get to do everything, right? <laughs> I have actually been a women's ministry director, both paid and volunteer at three different churches and been involved with lots and lots of ladies. So I've gotten to do some one-on-one and small group and discipleship, and I've gotten to do some teaching. And then I've gotten to spend some time with pastor's wives. There was, they, they will kind of shimmy up to me and say, can we go to lunch? And so that's been the most fun experience. I had a girl, this was several years ago, and my husband had been the interim pastor in the church where she and her husband came. And she's several years younger than me. And so she said, hey, can we go to lunch? I have a few questions. <laughs> and when she showed up, her phone, she had the on the notes page. Yeah, yeah. She had a whole page of questions and we just (laughs) talked and talked and talked. And we did that for a couple of years. And I just told her once a month, you can ask me anything you want. And it's been the sweetest. We're just good friends now. But I'll tell you, I love doing that. And God's given me lots of chances to do that with younger women. That's great. Do you, are you, are you ever stumped? Or, or, and when you're stumped, what, what's your, what's your go-to whenever they asked you that question that kind of stumps you? What, what's your response? I, I, I love to say, I've learned more and more. I love to say, I just don't know. I just, yeah. sometimes you don't know what you don't know. I love to say though, I'm going to look that up and get back to you. Yeah. And let's, let's and that's usually my go-to is, well, I'm not positive, but I want to talk about that some more. And I think they appreciate that. I don't try to fake it because sometimes yeah. I really don't have I, a clue how to answer <laughs> a question. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. The, yeah. And and I think so many times, the reason I ask you that, Melanie, is because I I don't know how many times I've had people say to me, you know, Mark, I would love to disciple or mentor people, but but I'm afraid I won't have all their answers. And I think that's just such a a trick of the enemy to make us think we can't mentor a disciple because we have to have, quote, all the answers in order to do that. Yeah, I really believe if you love Jesus and you love other people, you can mentor anyone. Yeah. I, I I don't think you have to have a certain degree. I have a seminary degree, and I, you do too, but you don't have to have that. Right. Uh, if you love Jesus, one of my friends doesn't even, she doesn't have a college degree. She has a high, high school diploma, but she's a prayer warrior, and I have watched her mentor women on how to pray. Mm-hmm. And she just teaches them to pray because she loves to pray. And so you don't have to be, I have another friend, she loves to cook and her mm-hmm. mentoring and discipleship is I'll come over to my house and I'll show you how to use all the appliances and all the tools. Isn't and she something? cooks in her kitchen with other women. Yeah. And so, you you know, you don't have to, you could just be a great mom or you, mm-hmm. you know, you know how to sew or you, you're a great professional woman and you've worked all your life and you could you could really mentor someone who's brand new to a job. So I tell women all the time, we all have something to offer. You've gone further than somebody else. Yeah. So. Yeah. My uh, teacher, one of my teachers, when I was doing my master's work, used to say, how far ahead do you have to be to lead somebody? And he would say, just one step. Yeah. And there's a lot of truth to that. You know, there. if you look around, there's definitely people that are a step or two behind you that you can help. 
to move them forward. I love what you shared. I love what you're saying because it's just, it's so biblical. You have the older women teaching the younger women. And to me, that's such an impo- that's an important dynamic in the Church of Jesus Christ, isn't it, Melanie? It is. And I, I will tell you, one of my friends said, we all need a Paul, someone to mentor us. We all need a Timothy, someone to, to, to mentor or disciple. And then we need at least one Barnabas. <laughs> we need yeah. someone who's just our friend <laughs> and someone who's our iron sharpening iron and someone that we walk with. And so I've tried, I have asked God always to give me all three. And I still, even at at the age where I am, where I've lived long enough to raise kids and, you know, get a little gray hair going, um, there still is a need for that older woman in my life. I love to talk to women um, who've gone a little further than me. Mm -hmm. That is beautiful. Um, In the church I'm pastoring, one of the beautiful things that I have seen has been, especially in our women's ministry, is they call it Titus II. And I mean, it is just really taking off. The older women are teaching the younger women, and then the younger women are teaching those even younger than them. And again, it's a lot of it's very practical stuff. And and as a spinoff of that, you know, I just recently had a young mother who said God laid it on her heart to get other young mothers together and to study a book, fifty things every child should know before you know they they go off to school, and it. And 20 gals are meeting together, and they're discussing this book, and then they're discussing more than the book. And it's just a beautiful thing to see that happening. It is. And I will tell you, I learn as much from my younger friends as I do from my older friends. And uh, I tell them, you know, they have the energy, they have the courage, you know, they know everything about social media. (laughs) And so, you know, I tell people my age, get get some young friends too. Get around some people who are 20 and 30 years younger than you. It'll It'll energize your world. Oh, absolutely. I think the thing that's kept me as excited as I am today in ministry is the fact I've always circled myself with younger men as well. And they just, I mean, they do, they inspire me, they challenge me, they see life from a little different angle and perspective. And yeah, it's, it's, it's just so thrilling to see younger people really stepping forward to the challenge as well. That's great. Yes. I told you I was going to ask you this, Melly, and you, I have a hero that I listened to so many of his sermons, and he helped me as a young preacher to learn how to develop and preach sermons. And that man's name was Adrian Rogers. Tell us a little bit about your connection with that great man of God who pastored there in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. Yes, well, that, that's a loaded question <laughs> because that involves a lot of decades. Uh, but I will tell you, when I was uh, in the fifth grade, my dad was on the pulpit committee that asked Adrian Rogers to come to Memphis to Bellevue Baptist Church. Oh, wow. And so his kids are about my age. And so we, their house was right around the corner from our house. And so I literally grew up with he and his wife, Mrs. Joyce. And so he was my pastor from the time I was in the fifth grade. And he married my husband and me. He wrote us kind letters through the years. I mean, he was involved in our lives. He dedicated our babies. Oh, and uh, But he yeah. holds, I'll tell you, he holds a very special place in my heart because I think I didn't realize it. I don't think Mark at the time, because until we went to another church, until we went off away from what we'd grown up with, but we just got so much great Bible teaching mm-hmm. for so many years. Yes, and yes. and we are blessed. I had a, have an older friend, one of my mentors. She looked at me one day and she said, "Don't think everybody got to have this because most people didn't." <laughs> <laughs> but we were just blessed. He every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, 
he was prepared. He had a 45 minute sermon and it was always, you knew he'd been studying Yeah, and um, God just used him powerfully in my life. I miss him greatly. Yes, he is. And I go back, I still listen to his stuff on YouTube a lot and watch his, watch him. And it just, there was something about him that while he could be straightforward and, you know, and he would preach the truth without fear or favor of men, there was still something so very kind and, and he had a lot of great humor. There just, there was a likableness to his preaching style. Oh, um, he was, he's, he was a funny man. I, I can remember, I'll tell you this one story. I have a bunch, but I can't tell them all, but he, uh, <laughs> I remember we were driving, we were at the Southern Baptist convention. We were in Arizona and we were all in a van. We were coming back from a meal late about 10 o'clock one night. And he and Miss Joyce and I are on the back seat of this, one of those, those vans, they don't let you drive anymore because they're yeah. afraid they're going to flip over. <laughs> and so he says, we're just all kind of quiet for a minute. And he said, let's tell corny jokes. And so all the way back to the hotel, he toured, he told the corniest jokes you've ever heard. And it was hilarious. Because <laughs> just, that was just classic him. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you what's really sweet is it's come around full circle because last summer, his ministry, now he's in heaven, but his ministry continues, mm-hmm. much like Jay Vernon McGee and there's some others whose ministries have mm-hmm. right. continued and right. flourished long after they're gone. But his ministry is called Love We're Finding. And they reached out to me and asked if I would partner with them to, to launch a virtual women's ministry. And so we did. And it's really exciting because what we're doing is I put a lot of him and a little of me together <laughs> and I share uh, blogs and emails and things on social media. And we've even started a podcast and um, like I have one coming up and it has a whole lot of inf- one of his outlines. And I just sort of added some things in my own life. And so together I get to share with him mm-hmm. and it's just amazing because so much of him is in me anyway. Right. But uh, it's fun to get to even this side of heaven partner with him like this, That's you know, all these years later. Yeah, that is, that is so incredible and amazing. And again, to see, you know, he's been gone how many years now? It's been a few years, hasn't it's it? About, it's been over 15, I believe. It's I hard to imagine just, it's been that yeah. long. Yeah. But his ministry still lives on, is still having an impact. And again, what just what a tremendous man. He was he was a leader, he was a preacher, and and to you he was pastor. And that's yeah. great. Well, and he was the real deal. You know, you read about and hear now about all these pastors and that seem to be making mistakes along the way or they get found out. But I can tell you from the moment I met him till the time that I went to his funeral, he was the same man and he was the real deal. It wasn't a fake, you know, and I love knowing that about him, that he loved Jesus and he loved his family and he loved the church. That's awesome. Well, one of the things I want to take a little time to, uh, to talk about for just a few minutes is this uh, matter, you know, you're president of Hope Ministry. Now, I know why I chose the title Hope Along the Journey. Tell us, talk to us a little bit about hope. What, what, because it seems like we're living in a world in which a lot of people have lost hope. Why do you call it Hope Ministry? And how do you stay hopeful during the times in which we live? 
Well, it's kind of a, a fun answer. I'll tell you the fun answer first. Okay. Uh, my kids call, say that I'm all rainbows and butterflies. They're, they say that I'm I'm kind of that cup that's that's half full all the time, that, I, mm-hmm. that I'm just that person that's happy. Right. And, and my gift is exhortation. I'm an encourager. That's mm-hmm. just how God put me together. And so I, I, when, when it came time to name it, it was like, what do we want to give other people? That was a question we had to right. ask. What did we want to tell people about? Mm-hmm. And it was like, we want to talk about the hope that they can find in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that's where it was born. It was like, mm-hmm. yes, there you can find hope in some other places, but the ultimate hope, the ultimate answer is still found in Christ. Amen. And right. so that's what we wanted to give. It's that simple. Back to Jesus, here's the hope. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. So you, I guess you talked to a lot of people where you sense that there's hope is waning. So how do you how do you kind of help people to regain or to maintain a sense of hope with everything that's going on in this world of ours? That's a great question. You know, lots of different ways. I, you know, I know there are only there's only so much we can do for other people being right. in ministry. There's only so much that I have to give. But I usually I will pray with and for people. Okay. I believe prayer is a huge part of getting hope. Yes. I will encourage them to get in the word, whether that's mm-hmm. to get in a get a Bible <laughs> and open it. Um, even if you just use a devotional book or you use a, a Bible study plan, mm-hmm. um, I encourage people to get in community. I feel like you cannot do this alone. I, I was reading the other day, Mark, they said one of the reasons that people are acting out so much right now and there's so much anger and violence yeah. is because we're not we're not around each other enough. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, but they said this last two, three years has so isolated people and we were made for community yes. and we need to be around people. And I, I can say for me, for sure. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Know, but there, I believe there's hope in finding. So I've told people, find a Bible study, find some community of believers where you can plug in and just be around some people to look That's you great. in the eye and see how you're doing. Yeah. And so those are a few things. I, you know, there are a lot of other things. I'm like, listen to good music. Don't listen to sad music or depressing music. Don't watch depressing television yes, shows. Yes, exactly Don't right. Them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, great. That's good advice. Well, I want to get talk to you about your book here in just a moment. But I also just want to give a quick plug to one of our sponsors, and that's Ryan's Auto Sales, who is sponsoring our Hope Along the Journey episode today. And if you're looking for a used car, why don't you get a hold of Dwight Ryan there at Ryan's Auto Sales? His website is ryansautosales.com, R-I-N-E-S, ryansautosales.com, located in Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania. He's got a beautiful selection of used cars and trucks, and he helps Christian people all across the country. People have driven from far off states to come and get a vehicle from him because he's such a trustworthy guy and he'll do a great deal for you. That's there in Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania. His phone number is 570-966-2277. And again, that's Ryan's Auto Sales. And thank you, Dwight, for sponsoring today's episode of Hope Along the Journey. Before we wrap this up, Melanie, you're getting ready to release a brand new book. Tell us about the book and tell us what it's all about. Absolutely. Well, I'm very excited. We have a new devotional at Hope Ministry, and it's called Just Rest. It's a 90-day devotional journal, and it is primarily geared toward women, but men can have one if they want. (laughs) Um, But the the goal of this or the reason behind this, last year I met with the publisher, and they asked if I would write a devotional that would encourage women dealing with anxiety 
and depression and fear and anything troubling like that. And so I began to study last summer and I, I just felt like God put on my heart to, instead of just say, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, I began to look, especially in the Old Testament, at names and characteristics of God. And so each day points back to a way that we can trust God. For example, when when you feel all alone, we can remember he is never, he never leaves you. He's always beside you. When you right. feel like nobody sees you, he's the God who sees you. And so every day just takes a journey and a real quick look, they're short, mm-hmm. at how we can trust God and how he is intimately involved in our lives. Oh, that's beautiful. And it seems like there is a lot. You talked about anxiety. And, and depression, some of those things. Again, do you think that part of what we've gone through with this pandemic has escalated some of that? Because it seems to me like, again, there's, a, there's an increase in some of these things. What, what do you think? Oh, yes. It, when, when you start reading the studies and, and all that we've read, especially in the younger generation, but everyone's feeling the stress, the pressure. It's been like a pressure cooker. And so uh, we're taking more pills. We're drinking more alcohol. We're doing more things. People people are just overwhelmed. And I know I've felt personally, mm-hmm. you probably have too. And so yes. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a person of faith that's pretty grounded. And if I've felt that panic, at times, then imagine those people that aren't. And so I think we're just living in a day where people are beginning to come apart at the seams a bit. Yes. And they're feeling the stress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. you know, one of the reasons we, we did this project was just to encourage people daily that you can spend a few moments alone with the Lord and take some of the stress out of your life right. and focus back on the peace that he gives. That's beautiful. And of course, you know, I, I, as you were speaking, I was thinking about, you know, the whole element of spiritual warfare that's involved in this. It seems like this is something the enemy is really using in our day and time is this, is this matter of the, st- the stress and the strains of life and just seemingly there's, there's a feeling of so many people that I pastor and I talk to feel so overwhelmed right now. Yeah. 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 I think we're seeing that like we never have before, Mark. Um, I tell people it's like we I, growing up, we had these beanbag chairs. I don't know if you remember these. Yes, I, think I remember those. Around, yeah. And they were plastic and bright colors and they had little <laughs> seams. And after mm-hmm. they get pushed around and bumped around and tossed and sat on too much, they would form little cracks and all the little plastic beans would start spilling out. And I think that's what's <laughs> happening to people. Our beans are spilling out. Yeah, we're losing and, our beans. Yeah, I hear you. We're losing our beans. And so, you know, maybe more than ever, there's just a reminder. We have a place we can go when we feel like all the beans are spilling out and we're just losing it. Yeah. And that's been my prayer is that I would be able to point people back to hope in the middle of a dark and hard season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, and I love the fact that your book is is going to be reiterating the character of God, Scripture, pointing people back, like you said earlier, that our hope is really anchored in God, and that's where we're going to own. That's the only place we're really going to find any lasting hope. Yeah, so. and that's what the book is. The way it's organized, it's like two pages for each day. It's ninety days, so it's three months. But mm-hmm. there's a verse and then a devotional. And most of them have real practical stories. I talk about my dog. <laughs> I talk about all kinds of just fun things and hopefully yeah. things people can relate to. And then there's a place, I have a really sweet friend. She's a, she's a very fun, charismatic person. Mm-hmm. And she has this belief, and I, I have kind of taken up with her on this, that what we say out loud matters. 
And so yes. she, she believes in what we declare with our mouth impacts what we hear and how we think. Yeah. And so there's a section in the book called declarations. And every day after they read the verse and read the devotion, they have to say something out loud. Mm-hmm. Like it'll say, I declare that the Lord is for me. I can go through this day because God is by my side. And there's something so about hearing good. yourself say that, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, and then we have a prayer and then we have an activity for them. And so every day they get to interact with what they read. And hopefully it'll really make a difference. That's beautiful. You know, I, I've, I've come to see that in a new way. And, you know, I read through the Psalms and, and it just becomes so evident that what the Psalmist David is doing is making these personal declarations. I mean, so why do we love Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down. He, he leads me beside. It's all a personal declaration. He's not saying the Lord is the one who leads you by still water. No, he leads me beside the still waters. He restores yeah. my soul. So You're that right. is beautiful. Yeah, when we personalize it like that, I know there's a verse, uh, Deuteronomy 31, 6. I've just been on it. You know how you get stuck on a verse. Absolutely. And there's yeah. a line from the verse, this is New Living, but it says, the Lord will personally go before you. And over and over this week, I've said, the Lord will personally go before me. I don't know. That just You're, you're yeah, right. When you personalize right. it. It's good. It's like, yes. 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 <laughs> and it's like holding on to a promise. And that is part of what gives you hope. Wonderful. Well, in the next few seconds here, just tell us, like, how can people find you? Uh, where can they find the book when it's available? So your website, that inf- just give out some good social media information for us. Well, it, I'm, it's Melanie Red everywhere you look, and it's it's a little hard to spell, but maybe you'll put it in your show notes, but it's R-E-D-D, and the book's on Amazon, and you can go to the website. I've got also something for your listeners. It's called 101 Ways to Experience More Rest, and it's just a free printable of real practical ways to have more margin in your life. And right. so if somebody listening just needs some reminders it's a good reminder. So I have that for you, but I'd love to connect with your listeners. Okay. And if they'll great. send me a message or say, Hey, I heard you. Um, li- I listened to the program the other day and I'd like to, you know, get to know you online. Great. Just send me a message and we'll get connected. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Melanie, for being on today's hope along the journey. Appreciate it so much. And listeners, as I always say, look to Jesus. He truly is the hope of the world and he will help you find hope along the journey. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about Hope Along the Journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.